the week of January 10th, 2021. This is Mojo Weekly. I am John. Two all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed. Jash. It's your boy, Jash. All right. I actually like that one. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> all right. Uh, here's your news. Uh, Microsoft is now asking Series X and Series S players if they would be interested in features like that on their system, or, or such as the DualSense controller, which is interesting to me. They're like, oh, shit, people seem to like this DualSense. What do you guys think? <laughs> you guys want that shit, oh too? God. So uh, yeah. the recent Xbox survey is pretty standard regarding questions like, what would you like to see improved? Uh, how would you describe your experience, etc.? Um, also asked, however, is if the Xbox Series X and S players would also be interested in seeing some of the DualSense's more advanced features within the Xbox system. So when asked if the Series X and S feels next-gen, quote, feels next-gen, the topic of possible DualSense-like features was brought up, asking, are you aware of features on PlayStation, PlayStation controllers? And no. do you desire those features on the xbox so that's interesting man um, um we might might be seeing so a, my, an upgrade so microsoft is like uh would you just like us to see would you, would you like to see us do things that our competition is doing and routinely kicking our ass would you like us to be more like them or yeah. would you just rather buy a playstation system which i'm assuming most people are yeah, man. I don't you know. Uh, so we, we see this every generation, you know, with remember with the uh, the whole motion control thing when uh, the Wii came out and then, you know, Sony released the six axis and they called it a fantastic innovation. And then uh, Microsoft's like, well, what are we going to do? How about this fancy camera connect bullshit? Connect, you know? Yeah. So, you know, it's just they, they copy each other all the time. I just found it interesting that they went out and were like, hey, guys, what do you think? You know, like two months after launch. Very interesting. Yeah, it's a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, next up, this is, I don't know, one of the bigger uh, news bits of the week. Nintendo has announced that it has purchased Next Level Games, acquiring 100%, yeah. 100% of its outstanding shares in order to transition the Canadian company into a full first-party studio. So uh, Next Level has been responsible for a bunch of Nintendo titles, including Wii Punch-Out, uh, Super Mario Strikers, those titles, uh, not so great, Metroid Prime Federation Force for the 3DS, uh, but most most recently, Luigi's Mansion 3 for the Switch, which was super oh, fun. Nice. So yeah. uh, uh, according to the purchase details, it is expected to close on March 1st, 2021, which is, I believe, like the beginning of Nintendo's fiscal year. Yep. Nice. Well, that's good news for them. Yeah, good news for them. Um, you know, I, I wonder if they're ever going to acquire monster games. Um, I don't know how much you know about monster games. They make a bunch of racing games, but they also made like the Excite Truck games for Nintendo. Mm. And they've made, they've made a few other things. And they're located about, I don't know, 20 minutes from my house. Um, no way. Yeah, so I always wonder, and, and it's funny, man, You you I've walked by their office a bunch. Um, it's in downtown Northfield, and downtown Northfield is this gorgeous little uh, quaint little uh, small town kind of thing, right? And uh, it's just like this door that just says Monster Games on it, very, very like no small. Yeah, and you wouldn't, you, like you'd miss it if you didn't know it was there. 
very strange. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're a handful of Nintendo kind of second, you know, third party uh, yeah. you know, uh, regulars that I wonder, like, wonder how many of those will get snapped up at some point. Yeah, true. Uh, there's uh, what the Mario and Luigi or the Paper Mario games. Who are those? Isn't that some interactive? Uh, yeah, let me. I, I just on the tip of my tongue. I'm uh, Mario and Luigi. Let's take a look. Uh, Mario and Luigi series. Let's take a look. At, well, let's see what Wikipedia tells us. Uh, <laughs> That's the source of knowledge. I know it starts yeah. with an I. I just couldn't. Uh, uh, well, uh, it starts with an I. Alpha Dream. Really? Alpha Dream, yes, sir. You're thinking? Oh. Uh, are you thinking intelligent systems? Yeah, intelligent systems. I thought that's yeah. who made those games. You thought wrong, son. Oh shit! I just can't. Right. my brain don't work this late. That's fine. So near near Automata, Automata, however you want to pronounce it, game's mm-hmm. been around for a few years. Excellent fucking game. Um, I I need to go back to it. Uh, but nevertheless, I've uh, been around for a few years, and people are still discovering secrets. Uh, so mod enthusiast Lance McDonald found near Automata's uh, final quote-unquote cheat code. What? So apparently players can skip to the game's final ending right after defeating uh, the first boss encounter. So it seems that uh, the main character, 2B, has to be positioned between two sets of oil canisters while backdashing at a certain angle. Eventually... After doing this a few times, the screen fades to black and players are transported to the final boss. Isn't that fucked up? That is messed up. Like, how That's do you... That's a little glitch. Yeah, like, I mean, it's not even a glitch. It's actually, like, a, it's, it's, it's was hard-coded in there. Like, it's, it, it's meant to be, right? Um, like, I, I, how do people figure this shit out? Now, my guess is, did he, like, did, he must have cracked into the code of the game or something to, to find this. I mean, he just wasn't yeah. randomly, randomly backdashing between a bunch of fucking oil barrels, right? Like, who knows? I, I, I don't know. But, uh, so this guy, this guy, it's not the first time he's, uh, he's, uh, messed around at the game. So I guess last August, he discovered a way to access the game's debug menus and implemented a photo mode. So uh, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, it sounds like he's puttered around in this game quite a bit. But uh, anyway, Near Replicant, which is a remastered version of the Near game that never released in North America, is slated for an April 23rd release. I'm going to pick that sucker up for show. Hell yeah, dude. All right. So because, uh, you know, Josh, you are running a game convention this weekend uh, called Ever called Evercon. So because of that and all your stuff that you've got to get ready, we are recording this episode on Thursday night rather than usually it's like Friday afternoon or later. Uh, and hot off the presses tonight, uh, King of Fighters 15 uh, yeah. was revealed. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, it was weird. They had like a weird leak of screenshots. A few, uh, a few, like I think it was yesterday maybe. Um, yeah. And uh, and then they said, oh, we're not going to announce it until next month. And then today they're like, just kidding. We're doing it today. I don't know. It was fucking yes. weird. Dick. You know, it's funny, too, because I saw some people tweeting about it. And they're like, well, I was excited about King of Fighters, but I guess we have to wait. Yeah. So you coming in here and saying, oh, now they actually did release the, the, the sneak trailer trailer for it. It's like, what? What are yeah. they doing? Come on, SNK. Know. Yeah, they kind of they've been they've been stumbling over their dicks a little bit, but whatever. Uh, so SNK released the reveal trailer and screenshots for the King of Fighters 15, 
and confirms that the game will launch in 2021. Uh, yeah. the, the platforms were not announced, but another trailer is planned for next week. Nice. So uh, the producers say the day we can reveal King of Fighters 15 has finally come. As you saw in the trailer, there are many flashy and bombastic action scenes, but you can tell us a little bit more. Uh, uh, but they're going to tell us a little bit more how the game will play. So so they nice. say we're, we're focusing on keeping the series staple uh, stable or staple. I don't know. Staple stable of being fast paced <laughs> while also adding elements to make it more exciting. We're able to do things now for both sound and visuals that were impossible back when we were developing 14. So we're taking our time, making sure each element is refined. Right now, we're focusing on brushing up on features, optimizing the game. Though I expect some obstacles to get in our way, we're planning to have it ready to ship this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed King of Fighters 14. Um, 13, I thought was a little, little, I don't know. It was good. Um, it just was a little goofy. I, I still got to say that I'm like a huge, huge fan of the original Neo Geo games. Um, 95 and, and, and 98 were two of my favorites of all time. Uh, I love the Dreamcast launch of 198, which then was redubbed 99 Dream Match or whatever. But man, um, yeah, 15 does look cool. I'm just now seeing my first images of it now. So yeah, it looks, looks great. 14 was great too, so. Right. So they also announced that they will release King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited match for the PlayStation 4 soon. Uh, They say, uh, we're proud to announce King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited match. It's coming to the PlayStation 4. This version features online rollback netcode. And uh, so you'll be able to go wild until 15 releases. So it's it's a fully tuned up version. It's the second entry in the Ultimate Match series. Uh, nice. And uh, it's got the largest character roster in the history of King and F- King of Fighters. Sixty-six combatants, man. That's ridiculous. Sixty-six. Good God. Six, sixty-six times in and in and in and ahead. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, there's an exclusive character, Nameless, joining the tournament. Uh, what else we got here? Online lag, uh, reduced online lag with its new rollback netcode, a variety of game modes. There, there are 50 missions in challenge mode. Create your own combos in practice mode and see how long you can survive in endless mode. Ooh. So they just said soon. They didn't uh, really specify what soon means, but you can see the trailer and uh, read more about this stuff on Gamatsu, which is where I got these two bits of news. Right on. There you go, man. And that is our news. The news is loose. All right, time for your new releases. We got two whopping games here, but there's one that's going to make you very happy. Uh, The first one is MXGP 2020 for the PS5. And then second, a little game called Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Oh, my heart fluttered a little bit there, buddy. <laughs> that comes How out exciting. comes out on Thursday for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. Hell yeah! Now that's exciting. Goddamn, that is exciting. What time? I, I'm still. I'm not sure what console I want to get it on though. Maybe I'll just get it for multiple. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Seems like a Switch game to me. I don't know. It feels like a Switch game to me, too. But if there's going to be, like, online play, I think the PlayStation 4 is probably the best system to handle it for me. So I don't know. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so anyway, uh, that's it for the new releases. Again, we're in the we're in the post holiday drought. So Josh, yep. we're gonna do our game spotlight. You are going Sweet. to talk about uh, Snatcher, classic Sega CD and PC Engine CD game. It is. That's that's exactly right. I want to talk about Snatcher. All of this like buzz around the cyberpunk universe lately has gotten me to go back and look at some of these retro style and older, you know, cyberpunk style games. Um, you know, we had talked about um, Valhalla once and we had talked about re- read only memories um, a couple times on this podcast. And like, man, going back to Hideo Kojima's original classic of um, Snatcher uh, really, really, really was something that I hit on this week. I've been playing it a little bit. Um, I saw there was actually an album released of the Snatcher soundtrack. So an, on record um, yeah. on vinyl. Oh, my God. It looks beautiful. Um, so I've been kind of seeking that out a little bit. Um, do not own it currently, but I really want it. And so this whole thing kind of um, kicked off when I was with my girlfriend and we were talking about music and games and stuff. And my cell phone ringtone is the intro song from Snatcher. When my phone goes off, it goes. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I just I, every time it's like, even when it's a bad like phone call, I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk to this person. I hear that song. and It's like, oh, this is great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's been my ringtone for like four years now. And so I was uh, booted it up and I was showing off the intro credits because really on the PC Engine version, you can kind of use a game fact. So you can kind of use some tutorials and the little bit of hiragana and some kata that I understand. I can kind of jimmy my way through and figure out a few things to do it in the right. game, but I really, I really do need to play the Sega CD version to play through yeah, it properly. Totally. And I was just, I was just showing her like the intro credits and stuff, and how awesome the theme song is, and how really awesome the music, the music and the graphics, and how everything, how impressive it was, and it felt like an anime, you know, watching an anime on your video game system. And the first thing she said was, "Man, this would make a good movie." And I said, <laughs> "Funny," I said, "Funny you say that." Because Hideo Kojima was such a huge fan of the Blade Runner series, well, the Blade Runner movie, which now is a series of two movies. And so um, I we then went and switched over and watched the first five minutes of Blade Runner, which is almost shot for shot identical to the first five minutes of Snatcher. And um, if you're not familiar with Snatcher, oh, man, it's so beautiful. The music is fantastic. It is a digital comic game, a little bit of point and click adventuring stuff, some puzzles, some figuring out some also some like uh, fast action or tweet twitch reflex um, shoot 'em up type uh, areas. I shouldn't say shoot 'em up, but more like, um, I don't know, I guess Twitch arcade style uh, light gun st- type uh, levels yeah. and stuff. But really, you're just going through and you're adventuring through and you're just uh, talking to people, trying to figure out who the who the snatchers are. And you're like a junker. So you're kind of a snatcher hunter and you're going through and just uh, c- communicating with people. And it, it, it feels like while you're playing the game, it feels like you're reading a manga or reading a digital comic. And yeah. so that's what really they were pushing for. And that just swelled up an explosion of those types of games that came out in Japan and started to kind of come out more recently in America. Um, like, especially on the PSP, the PSP was full of like really good digital comics and, um, Sony's platforms in general just have a lot of really good ones as, as well as the switch does now. 
But um, yeah, if you've never heard of Snatcher, if you've never played it, um, you owe it to yourself to give it a shot. I believe it was included on the TurboGrafx Mini as well, right? Like that's actually yeah. a game that's on there. Yep. Um, so now I've got uh, Christine and I are both going to a play through Snatcher together, which is an awesome experience. And I can't wait to do that. And also we're going to watch the Blade Runner movies. Which, hilarious enough, I believe at one point in time, Konami was making a Blade Runner game because Hideo Kojima wanted to make one so badly, but they couldn't get the rights to it. So he's like, well, well, fuck it. We're just going to make one anyway. And (laughs) it really does follow the Blade Runner storyline very close. Um, It is not exactly Blade Runner, but it's so close and it's so good. And, oh, man, it's a classic. Came out in the uh, 16-bit era on the TurboGrafx Super CD or the PC Engine Super CD. Um, but then the only way we got it in the U.S. during that time was on the Sega CD when Konami released it for the Sega CD with a few advanced features, um, some extra animations here and there, a couple different interesting cutscenes, and some absolutely hilarious voice acting. Um, it's it's pretty good um, overall, but man, that voice acting, hearing it for the first time in English was, it made me chuckle. I was like, Oh, this is really funny. Um, (laughs) but, uh, having played through that on the Sega CD, actually through emulation years ago, um, it's beautiful. It's a wonderful game. And then most recently a fan translation for the Sega CD or the Sega Saturn version of police knots is out there as well, which is kind of your pseudo sequel, to Snatcher that's not necessarily a sequel. It doesn't continue any storylines from that, but it is taking place in the same universe, which also takes place in the same universe as Metal Gear. So like crazy, all this Hideo Kojima awesomeness all rolled into one Snatcher, man. If you can, if you have any opportunity to try it, give it a shot. It's a blast. Yeah, man. I remember uh, toward the end of the Turbo Graphics, Turbo Duo's life, um, uh, I was a big EGM reader, and they always had uh, yeah. they had a section they had a section in the magazine showing like uh, you know Japanese games and stuff uh, that are you know potentially coming to the states. They hardly ever did, especially in the in, especially in the case of the Turbo. Um, yeah. And 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 they sh- they showed they showed Snatcher. I remember I remember they showed like screens of Snatcher, and I was like, that looks fucking incredible. And right. then uh, they also showed like screens of. Uh, you know, far east of Eden, um, oh. and uh, and never got to play that. You know, never. I mean, nope. uh, and uh, um, but I do. Uh, I do own Snatcher on Sega CD. Uh, I never. I, I didn't. I haven't played much of it. I remember uh, shooting rats or something in a fucking sewer or something. I don't know. Yeah. And, yep. <laughs> and uh, um, and I do have. Uh, I do have the translation of Police Knots that I'd really like to get into someday. But yeah. Um, but yeah. That one is uh, it's it's got a lot more humor and a lot more adult themes. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a little it's great. It's just not uh, not OK to play with little kids around. It's it's, yeah. it's it gets pretty adult pretty quick. So, yeah, awesome games, though. All right, man. Here is our last question. Oh, my God. All right. I feel like I asked this question at some point, but. I don't know. I can't remember, so I'm just going to fucking roll with it. Uh, we talked about um, Nintendo's most recent acquisition uh, in, in our news, and I was going to ask you if Nintendo could buy one studio, uh, what would it be? What would what studio would you like Nintendo to acquire and uh, you know foster their talent and fund their games? I, if this is a, this is a, I mean, I don't know. I think it's a pretty simple answer. I would have to say Konami. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that Nintendo's done more with Konami characters than Konami has in the last 10 years. Um, yep. Seeing as how Snake and Simon Belmont and uh, Bomberman is Bomberman. I think some sort of element of Bomberman is in uh, is in the Smash Brothers games. So it's yeah. Like, there's like a Bomberman uh, trophy or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Special yep. assist or something assist character. Yeah. I I think Nintendo would do so well with the Konami franchises that they have. On top of the fact that Konami owns like the Turbo Graphics Legacy and all of Hudson's. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like, dude, you could make a new Bonk game. You could have uh, Airzonk. I mean, they could do so much with it. I would love to see that. I think at one point in time, I really wanted Nintendo to buy Sega. Mm-hmm. But I think I think Sega is actually doing all right again. So <laughs> Konami. Man, it's, it's, it's like in this, in this uh, question, we're sharing the same brain because my answer was going to be Hudson. But in order to buy Hudson, they would have to buy Konami because Konami yeah. bought up Hudson and swallowed all its properties. And basically, I want them to buy Konami just so they can have access to the Hudson properties. Um, and then my second answer, as you, as you were saying Konami, I was like, well, shit, I'll come up with another answer. My second <laughs> answer uh, was going to be then Sega, because there are all sorts of rumors that, you know, Microsoft is eventually going to buy Sega. And, yep. and I, would, I would just, I don't know, man, I would much rather have Nintendo own uh, the Sega history, right? Although I can't, ever imagine a yakuza game on a nintendo platform but you know who who knows Uh, we'll see but uh but yeah so yeah i'm right with you my first answer would be konami second answer would be sega so that's that joshua uh you can find more of our stuff at mojomenace.com where we have forums mojomenace.com slash forums uh if you go to the top right corner of our forums uh, you get a link on the top, click on the little link. It'll take you to our Discord chat room where there's always some sort of conversation going on. Uh, YouTube.com slash Mojo Menace. That's where we have all our Mojo show and our uh, Kenneth Crispy and whatever uh, wacky film projects Klaus and I start working on. And on all the social medias, we are at Mojo Menace. And then also look for our merch store, man, our Tee Public merch store. We're selling merch, Josh. And and, uh, this week, uh, starting the 13th, there is going to be a 35% off of everything sale, the 13th through the 16th. And if you want to know where to find this T Public merch store, don't worry, I'll let you know. Just visit visit one of our visit one of our social media sites because I'm going to be whoring that shit out like the world's biggest prostitute. You're just going to be like, yeah, I'll I'll buy a T-shirt if you just shut the fuck up. So, so anyway, Josh, where can they find you? Well, if you'd like to uh, continue the conversation with me about, say, Evercon. Um, and our gaming conventions and all the fun that we're doing on that this past weekend and in the future. Um, you can always hit me up on the Twitterverse. Just give me a follow at underscore Joshua Turbo. Don't forget the underscore as is the most important underscore in all of the internet. All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.